1: somewhere he's going to provide for you if God is doing work in your heart and you're trusting in him he is going to provide the necessary things you need these people weren't even trusting in Christ and God provided for them God will always provide the needs as needed he'll always give you just enough he might not give you overabundance but he will give you an abundance he will give you what you need God is going to supply all my riches through Christ Jesus He's going to supply everything I need.
0: It's sad how much energy we waste on worrying. In today's message, we'll encounter the amazing story of Jesus taking a small lunch and turning it into a feast for 5,000 plus people. If he can solve problems like that, as well as calming seas and healing lifelong ailments, do you really think he can't handle what you're facing? Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 6 as he continues his message, Jesus Feeds 5,000. You
1: are sure. Verse five, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? It's interesting. He sees this group coming towards him. He has compassion for him, and he throws out this question. Where are you going to buy bread? It's a natural question. It's a pretty logical question when you get to think of it, especially if you're looking physical. If you're looking for the physical needs, it is the most logical question, but this is not where Jesus is looking. Look at verse six. But this he said to him. He said this to Philip, by the way. For he himself, Jesus, knew what he would do. Jesus knew what he was going to do. See, you can never be one step ahead of God. He's always there. He knows what's going to happen. He knows what's going to happen in the next five minutes. He knows what I'm going to say 10 minutes from now. He knows these things. He's been there. He sees the great big picture. So Jesus knows exactly what he's going to do. So why does he do that? A test. Philip? Philip? This is a test. You don't need pen or paper for this, Philip, but it's a test. You're being tested right now, Philip. Buckle up, bud. Here it comes. We're going to buy food. Well, Philip answers just the way I would. You don't have any money to buy food. What's wrong with you? Jesus knew the miracle he was going to perform, but he always uses every opportunity to teach. Jesus is the consummate teacher. Every opportunity he can, he wants to teach. And that's why I said, even though you've read this passage six, seven, eight, I don't care a hundred times, when you reread it and you look through it, Jesus wants to teach you something here. He always uses every opportunity to teach. Even testing, even trials, even affliction, even all those things. He uses those opportunities to teach you. Jesus wasn't looking physically. Jesus was really looking spiritually, although he would feed them physically. It was still a spiritual application. He just wanted to see Philip's reaction. He knew what Philip was going to say. He wanted to see his reaction. He always wants to bolster our faith. He always gives us a chance to raise our faith up and build our faith up. Christ doesn't want to condemn you. Believe me, if he wanted to, he could. He could condemn us real bad, but I didn't come in the world to condemn the world. I came in the world that it might be saved through me. Therefore, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He doesn't condemn you. What he wants to do is to lift you up, to get you out of the muck and the mire, to clean you off and to show you God's love. He knew what he was going to do, but he never missed an opportunity to teach a spiritual lesson. It wasn't always about getting the job done. The dead giveaway when Jesus asked the question, I think this is the only time where Jesus asked a question like this. What are we going to do? We're going to buy bread. I love it. Having been with Jesus now for a while, the disciples seeing the miracles, the disciples watching everything that went on that Jesus, did. in between the controversy that we studied in um, chapter five, when I just talked about, they should have said, he's gonna do something special, I know it. He's gonna do something really great. He's gonna really do something cool. I can't wait to see what he does. What do they say? I don't know where we're gonna get food. I don't know what we're gonna do. How many of us trust in Christ every single time, too? Before we criticize, <laughs> before we, it's all real easy. Look at these guys go, oh, you bozos. We're looking at this side, we're looking at it on this side. You know, many of us have been tested, and we do the old humana, 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 humana. We do the whole story, and we're tested, too. And Christ tests us on every angle. Philip's answer was worldly, just like mine. Philip answered in verse 7, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. That's a lot of money. 200 denarii is a ton of money back then. That is a ton of money. It's interesting to me, how come we always tend to think that money solves all the problems? How come we always think that either we don't have enough, How come we always think that way, especially when it comes to the Lord? We think that money always solves the problem. I mean, you hear people who have money and they get sick. The first thing they say is money's no object. Spare no money. Spare no expense. We're going to go to every single hospital until we find out what's going on here. Spare no expense. And then you have others who say, where are we going to get the money for this? And they're worried about getting the money. How come money is, we think money is the answer. We always come up short when we look to money as the answer instead of looking to the Lord Jesus. Always will come up short. You will always come up short if you think mammon will save you, if you think mammon will get you through. I'm not downing money. We all need it. We all have to have money to spend. It's that type of a society we live in. I'm not saying that. But I believe that where God guides, God provides. If God is guiding you somewhere, he's going to provide for you. If God is doing work in your heart and you're trusting in him, he is going to provide the necessary things you need. These people weren't even trusting in Christ, and God provided for them. God will always provide the needs as needed. He'll always give you just enough. He might not give you overabundance, but he will give you an abundance. He will give you what you need. God is going to supply all my riches through Christ Jesus. He's going to supply everything I need. Along comes our buddy Andrew, 8 and 9. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? You know that every time Andrew is involved, somebody's coming to the Lord. You only see Andrew a couple times, and each time he's bringing someone to the Lord, it was Andrew that led Simon Peter to the Lord. Remember his brother, the great Peter? And now he has this little guy who has these fishes. I wonder if this kid sat down and opened up his lunch and went. He looked around and saw nobody else had food. And he looks in there and he goes, "Uh uh-oh. Mom, what did you give me? I wonder if he did that. Well, since barley is regarded as a simple food, it is believed that this young lad was extremely poor. He was a poor dude. Poor little guy. But the beautiful thing here, and this is what I want to focus on, the beautiful thing is here, he was willing to share what he had. What a heart from this little guy. What a heart from this young man. He was willing to share. And he went up to Angela and said, I got these. I can share these. There wasn't much to work with. But our God doesn't need much to work with. Our God does not need much to work with. And in verse 10, we see the food distribution beginning. And Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. Much grass in this thing. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. Jesus becomes the ultimate shepherd. He has them sitting down now, and he's about to do this wonderful work. What I love about this is you don't see Jesus running around, what are we going to do? Where, where, where are we going to get the money? Oh my God, we got two fish here. We got some. Oh, what are we going to do? Jesus was just going about the business, have them sit down. Everything's cool. I would love to see Peter's face during this. Andrew, what are you doing? Get out of there. What's wrong with you? Don't take that up there. Dude. Andrew. In fact, give it to me. I want to take it up there. <laughs> I, I love Peter. I love him. I love him. What is interesting, that he, he will take anything you give him, no matter how small, and he will multiply it. Anything that you give to him, he will multiply. You know that old cliche or adage, you can't outgive God? Anything you give to him, he multiplies. Maybe maybe you're in need of a miracle today. Maybe some of you have come here and you're really in need of a miracle. You need something to break loose or you need something to happen in your life. Perhaps what you need has already been given to you. The Lord's just waiting for you to give it back to him. The Lord's just waiting for you to give it back to him. We should be giving everything to the Lord and allowing him to use it mightily in our lives. It's interesting here, and although Philip had a lack of faith, Jesus never railed at him for his lack of faith. He never yelled at him. He simply went around the work and he did what the Father showed him to do. Look at eleven. And Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. it. Note the first thing Jesus does, give thanks. He gives thanks to the provision that he knows God is going to do. He knows what God is going to do, and he gives thanks. Thank you, Father, for providing this meal for us all. And I'm sure some of the crowd are going, yeah, he's the only one eating, so he's going to thank God. Yeah, right. They're looking around like, where's all this food going to come from? What's going on here? I'm sure there were cynics in the crowd. He only had a few loaves and a few lists, but he was determined to give thanks for God for what he had. There's a case here, guys. Do you give thanks for what you have or do you always complain about what you don't have? Give thanks in everything. I've learned how to be a base, and I learned how to bound. Well, I've learned in all things to give thanks. We give thanks in all things, not to get anything, just because it's God who's given us, whether you have a little or whether you have a lot, God gave it to you. It was God's gift to you. He said, here, my children, take this. Thank the Father. Jesus gave thanks. The disciples now start to give out the food. Imagine their eyes. Their eyes. It reminds me of the lady with the oil in in Elisha, or Elijah, when the oil just never ran out. And she kept on pouring. The oil just kept on coming, kept on coming. That's a symbol of the Holy Spirit, by the way. They start giving out the food. See, what I like about this is Jesus loves to include us in the work he's doing. Jesus could have done this by himself. He could have done this all by himself. He could have have just said, all right, here. He could have walked through the crowd and threw it out there. Hey, fish today, fish today. Come on now, get your fish today. But he gives it to the disciples to help him. Jesus loves to do that with us. He loves to give us things to do. He loves to have us involved in the ministry, involved in miracles, and involved in the things that he's doing. He loves to have you help out. He loves to have you work with it. It was pretty cool. He did the miracle, and he receives the credit that is due him. But the disciples were there, and they got the help. You imagine their faces. Oh, Andrew, this bag just keeps getting more in there. What's going on here? Can you imagine their faces, what they were looking at? This is incredible. And it says they got as much as they wanted at the end of verse 11. As much as they wanted. These were grown men. These were working people. They were probably hungry. Who knows the last time they ate. They were probably very hungry, so they ate. And look at verses 12 and 13. In the beginning of verse 12, it says, So when they were filled, stop there. You know what the word filled means? It means glutted. It was glutted. Yeah. That was some good eat. Mm hmm. They were glutted. They ate as much as they wanted. I love that. The Greek words to be glutted, their bellies were full. What I like about this is the discipleship, the disciples faith. Yes, it was faltering and even lacking in some cases, but when they obeyed Christ, here's the kicker. When they obeyed Jesus and began handing out the loaves and the fishes, things began to multiply. Things began to happen because they obeyed the Lord. They obeyed him. They were obedient to what wanted them to do if we too are obedient to him and do what he calls us to do even in our small significant actions blessings will be multiplied blessings will be multiplied and people's hearts will be touched and people will come to jesus the result not only were the people fed but the disciples and jesus ate as well the disciples and jesus ate as well and look what was left over so when they were filled, he said to them, gather up the fragments that so remain that nothing is lost. Notice that God doesn't waste anything. God never wastes anything. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments of five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Now, I know there's all sorts of theories and things about the 12 loaves, I mean, the 12 baskets, the five barley loaves, and the two fish. And you can do great studies on them. I didn't go there. All I saw was each of the 12 disciples got a doggy bag to take home. That's all I saw. That's the way my mind worked, guys. They all got. There were 12 baskets there. There's 12 disciples. For helping out guys, you get to take the, this is great. This is fun. So they, you know, they had to eat. Come on. But you can do a study. There's some great study on the numbers being 12 being the number of government and you know, all those things, five being the number of man, two being the number of witness. You can do studies on all those things and you're welcome to do those kind of things. I wasn't going that way when I looked at this. But it is the when we are obedient to the Lord and what we do when He sets before us, no matter how mundane it may be. That's where a lot of us get lost in the everyday mundane things. Can't be the Lord because this is so unexciting. That's when the Lord really wants to do a work. When we're faithful in the little things, he'll make you faithful in the many things. When we're faithful doing the small things, he'll make you faithful in great things. The mundane things, the things that don't seem to have any blessing to it. Jesus provided abundantly to the people. They had more than they wanted. The disciples had more than they wanted. They had food to last them the next couple of days because, you know, back then there were no refrigerators and anything like that. They had to eat everything up. So the disciples were able to be fed. They were able to be nourished. They were able to be strengthened. In verse 14, then those men... When they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet, capital P, who is to come into the world. Remember last week when Jesus accused them by Moses, when Jesus threw Moses out there to them? Remember that? Well, now they come right back to that. These guys do. The prophet Moses in Deuteronomy eighteen fifteen, and God will raise up another just like me, and he you will listen to. This coming of the prophet What did Moses do miraculously? He fed the people in the wilderness, didn't he? God dropped the manna in heaven. They complained about manna until he dropped birds into the heaven. They complained about water and he struck the rock and water came out. Moses provided for them. And now God's saying, Moses said, God will raise up a prophet. This is a prophecy of the Messiah. These people saw that. They saw the sign and their minds started to click. Wait a minute. There is a spiritual application to this. Wait a minute just like Moses. Wait a minute. Deuteronomy 8. Wait a minute. Yeah. See how it works? Jesus provided for them physically. He gave them physical meat. He gave them nourishment. And then the lesson, boom, it just comes up in their minds. And then he said, wait a minute. Could this be the Messiah? Could could this be the prophet that Moses told us about? Remember how fond they were of Moses? You remember how they revered Moses? So what's the application here as we close this morning? Well, we, First of all, we all need a time of rest, renewal, and strengthening in the Lord. We all need to take that time for strengthening and renewal in the Lord. We need to take care of each other. We need to look out for each other. We're a family. We're a body. We're a unity. We're a community of believers in Jesus Christ. We're a body of believers in Jesus Christ. We need to care for one another. And if you fall through the cracks, we're heartily sorry. Sometimes we don't know of things that are going on that we can't take care of. But we desperately want to help you and take care of you. We're a body of believers. When you are sick and you need meals, we want to provide meals for you. We want to do those kind of things to help you. We're a body of believers. We want to be of the same mind, Jesus Christ. So that's another thing we can learn. That's another application. And wherever there is a need... Give everything to Jesus. Give it to Jesus first. Give it to Jesus first and watch what he'll do. I challenge you. Give it to Jesus first and watch what he will do. First and foremost, give him your life. Don't hold anything back from him. Give him your entire life, every part of your life, every ounce of your being. Give it to him. Love the Lord your God with all your strength, all your mind, all your soul, everything. Give them everything you have, Lord. Take all of me. I want you to have every part of me. And watch what God can do with that. Watch what He can do with that. Never doubt God's provisions. Don't doubt God's provision because when He guides you, He will provide for you. Now, though the disciples didn't understand or anticipate the miracle, Jesus invited them to be partakers of the miracle. So, what does that tell me? Be ready when God calls. Be ready when God calls. If God's calling you to go to the campground on Friday, go. If God's calling you to help out with the um, harvest party, help out. Give them your heart and say, Lord, use me some way. I don't know how I can be used, but don't want to come up on stage. Use them right where you Let God use you right where you are. Right where you are, he'll use you in that prayer time, in scrubbing that floor, in taking that meal to someone else. You know, Mark tells the story, and he and I agree upon this. Every time... It seems every time I've gone someplace and walked in thinking I will be a blessing to somebody, I leave going, my gosh, God, I'm blessed beyond belief. I'm blessed more than I could have ever blessed anybody else. It's because I let God do it. I took a chance. I said, Lord, use me. Take me and use me. Be obedient where you're called. See, Jesus demonstrated the character of God. Our God is a giving God. Our God is a giving God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to us. That whosoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Our God gave us his son. And God wants to build this characteristic in you. We need to be a giving church. And finally, this crowd was willing to support Jesus as long as he gave them what they wanted. Come with us on Monday night. You'll find out that sometimes trials are hard. Sometimes trials are difficult. Sometimes God turns the flame up in your life and you have to go through these things. It's easy to criticize everybody. It's easy to criticize the crowd, how they only wanted bread from Jesus, how they only wanted this, and how often that they didn't think of him. Many of us are the same way. We only want and love Jesus for what he can give us. Let me leave you with this statement. We must love and obey him simply for who he is. He is our God, and he is our Lord. And he died on a cross for you and me and everybody in the world. We need to love him. We need to love him and then be in reverence of him. And want anything that he might want to distribute upon us, See, there's so much in-depth here. We didn't even hit some of the things we could have. So much in-depth in these things, and we could read right by it and miss everything. We could read right by and go so fast, oh, this is just a story. But yeah, okay, I've read this before. Oh, every, you know, blah, blah. No. God's Word is true, and it's new every morning we read it. And I hope that it enlightens you. And I hope that that you learn something new in this that you can take and you can use and you can apply to your own lives. Because if we, I've said it before, if we cannot apply the Word of God to our life, then stop listening. If you're not going to apply God's Word to your life, stop listening. Because it's not doing you any good. We need to apply it to our lives. We need to apply God's Word to our lives because God's Word will change us as we apply it to our lives. God's calling you today. He's calling you deeper still. He's calling you into his presence. He wants to use each and every one of you in here. None of you in here are above being used by God. God wants to use you. Find out what he wants to use you for. Find out what he wants to do in your life. What he wants to show you. How he wants to reach a world, a community for, you, for him. How does God want to use you? Find that out. Find that out today. You are sure.
0: We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you again next time on Assure Hope. In the meantime, we invite you to learn more about this program by visiting our website, assurehoperadio.com. There, you'll find our archive of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank, available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. Just look under the Messages tab.